bird shall sound, time shall be no more, and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair. When the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be the glory of his resurrection share when his chosen ones shall gather to their home beyond the skies and the roll is called up yonder I'll be there when the roll is called up yonder when the roll is called up yonder when the roll is called up yonder when Labor for the master from the dawn till setting sun. Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. Then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, when the There's an expression of that peace in the heart, isn't it? There is going to be a roll call. There's a book. My name is written in it. And opposite from the song that's out, it wasn't written there the day that I believed. It was written there before the foundation of the world by God who knows all things and who is not restricted by time. Not at all. He created time. Right. And He created it for us. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 6. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. And, and the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he is also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of re- renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord, and he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at, the, at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man, the beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. 
The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood, room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without pitch. Amen. Turn back with me to the book of Genesis. Now, this actually started out to be a sermon on Noah's Ark. And Lord willing, we're going to get there. So we might call this a prerequisite to a sermon on Noah's Ark, if you want to. But uh, I felt like I needed to lay out some... uh, groundwork, I guess, to show the situation that the world was in and how it got that way uh, before we dove into Noah's Ark. Of course, Noah's Ark uh, is a type of Christ, and Noah and his family were sealed in the Ark by pitch, and we realize that pitch in the Bible... uh, uh, implicates or shows the Holy Spirit of God. You'll remember Moses, when he was a child, there were those trying to kill him, and they all like him, so they make sure they got him. And his mom put him in a basket and sealed it with what? Pitch. Remember that? That he was safe because he was sealed in God. All right. Genesis. And had Brother Jean read chapter 6 down through 14. But we're going to back up just a little bit more. And I want us to see the significance of some of the names from Adam down to Noah. Uh, In the Bible, names have a very pointed significance. They mean something. Our names mean something, too. Uh, Perhaps our parents pull them out of the hat sometimes. But again, God is in control. My name is Warren Howard. I was named after my uncle Wayne Warren Burrell and my uncle on the other side, Herbert Howard Wood. So my name has some significance as far as where did I come from. All right. So, I'm going to read this pretty quick. Chapter 5. This is the book, verse 1. This is the book of the generations of Adam. And the day that God created man in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And Adam lived a hundred and thirty years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. Now Eve basically said that Seth was a replacement for Abel, who Cain had killed. And the days of Adam after he begot Seth were 800 years, and he begat sons and daughters. And we've seen online and other places recently people saying that uh, Adam had two sons, or three sons. Well, he had a lot more than that, didn't he? All these years begetting sons and daughters. All right. 
Verse 5 says, And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. And Seth lived after he begat Enos eight years, and Seth 807 years, and begat sons and daughters. There were a lot of people on the earth in that day, and a lot of times our vision is just a small group, but there were a lot of people on earth in the days of Noah. All right, verse 8. And all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. And Enos lived 90 years and begat Kainan. And Enos lived after he begat Kainan 815 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enos were 905 years, and he died. And Kainan lived 70 years and begat Mahalalil. And Kainan lived after he begat Mahalalil 800 and forty years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Kainan were nine hundred and ten years, and he died. And Mahalalel lived sixty and five years, and begat Jared. And Mahalalel lived after he begat Jared eight hundred and thirty years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Mahalalel were eight hundred ninety and five years, and he died. And Jared lived a hundred and sixty-two years, and he begat Enoch. And Jared lived after he begat Enoch eight hundred years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were 962 years. And he died. And Enoch lived 65 years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begot, begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not for God took him. And Methuselah lived 180 and 7 years and begat Lamech. And Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech 780 and 2 years and begat sons and daughters. All the days of Methuselah were 969 years and he died. Papa James used to always say that something was as old as Methuselah because he's the oldest one. All right, 982 years. 969 years total. And Lamech, verse 28, lived 182 years, and he begat a son, and he called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. And Lamech lived after he begat Noah 595 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Lamech were 770 and seven years, and he died. And Noah was 500 years old, and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. All right. I want us to see the significance of the names of the people that we just read about. All right? This morning. We may get further than that, but probably not. All right. Adam. That was the first one. Adoma is the word. I won't write this all up. It'll take too much time. A-D-O-M-A-H. And it means man. Alright. That was the first name. Next. And we have Seth. After Adam. Seth. What does the name Seth mean? It means appointed. That's what it means. Appointed. Feel free to look all these up. The next name was Enos. 
Enoch. What does that mean? It means frail, moral, or incurable. To be incurable. I've gotten here early enough this morning, I would have written these up here earlier. But I didn't. The next name is Kenan. What does Kenan mean? It means sorrow. The next name was Mahalalil. And it means blessed. For those of you who will only have the audio portion of this sermon, I'm writing these names on the board. I have Adam, Seth, Enos, Kenan, and Mahalalil. Adam means man, Seth means appointed, Enos means incurable, Kenan means sorrow, Mahalalil means blessed. Alright, let's jump over here now so you guys can still see it. The next name we read about was Jared. What does Jared mean? It means shall come down. The verb is Y-A-R-A-D-H. Shall come down is what the name means. Alright? Shall come down. I found it a little difficult to stay on a series with just one message a week. And that's we've we've gone back to our series in Genesis. Now, by the way, for those of you who who haven't been here uh, recently. And when the Lord lays something on you, else on your heart, you, you preach it. So, But we're back on our series. Okay. So the last one was Jared. The next name that we read about was Enoch. Enoch. All right. Enoch means commencement. Or teaching. Alright. The next person we read about after Enoch was Methuselah. One who lived so long. And I'm going to hurry so I may spell somebody wrong. I already have. Alright. The next one that we read about was Lamech. Keep in mind, I didn't write Methuselah's meaning. Methuselah means the blessed God. Keep in mind, I was going to say, that these are the lineage from Seth to Noah. It's an important lineage. Very important. Brother Gene read about the sons of God saw the daughters of men. 
that they were fair, they took unto them wives. And it says in the in the fourth verse of the sixth chapter that he read for us, there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, they bare children to them. The same children became mighty men, which are were of old men of renown. This, I believe, was an attempt of Satan to contaminate this perfect seed that was running from Enos to Noah. What seed is that? The seed of the woman that God expressed in the garden, remember? It's going to bruise Satan's head. That's what was happening here. Satan was trying to interrupt that line. What did it... uh, the book say about Noah, he said he was perfect in his generations. Was he a perfect man? He didn't sin? No, he sinned. He wasn't a perfect man, but he was perfect in his generations, you see. The bloodline was not infiltrated by these, uh, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, those. All right, the Nephilim. We're down to Lamech. Lamech means despairing. Despairing. And then Noah. We've studied about Noah before. We know that his name means comfort or rest. All of you may have seen this before, but I never have. Uh, I want us to notice this now. Adam, man, Seth, was appointed. Enos, incurable. Kian, sorrow. Mahalalil, blessed. Jared, shall come down. Enoch, teaching. Methuselah, the blessed God. Lamech, despairing. Noah, comfort and rest. I want you to see here how this reads to us in English. Man is appointed sorrow, incurable sorrow. Because he's a sinner. Because of the curse following the fall in the Garden of Eden. But the blessed God shall come down teaching that his death Shall bring forth comfort and rest. Does that make sense? Do you see that? Is that the gospel or what? The gospel in Genesis? What? There it is. These names have such a significance. 
And you know, anywhere in the Word of God that we stop and study and dig, more of this comes out. It's obvious that God wrote this book. God anointed these names. Did their parents give them the names? They did. But was God in control of it? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. There are a lot of lessons here. Um, But that's the main thing I wanted to show is the significance of the meaning of the names. It really is the story of God's plan. It really is. All right. Verse 7 of Genesis chapter 6. It says, And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. Why? Because God saw, verse 5, that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart. That's pretty complete, isn't it? They were completely turned from God. They were completely against God. Every imagination of the thoughts of his heart, man's heart, was only evil continually, and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him in his heart. Did it surprise God? No. No, God sees the past, present, and future all at the same time, doesn't he? He knew this was coming, didn't he? He knew he was going to purge the earth from this corruption. And he's going to do it again. Look around at the world system. You'll see very similar situation existing today that existed in Genesis chapter 6. Only evil continually in the hearts of men. Totally against God. All right. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. What does Hebrews chapter 11 tell us about Noah? He built that ark by faith. You see, he believed what? God's Word. He believed God's Word. And he found grace. What is that? Free gift of life. That's what it was. Free gift of life. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Again, he was perfect in his generations because his bloodline was not tainted. Praise God. He really is in control. And that bloodline is the same bloodline that goes all the way through to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God protected that. He always has. We see when they went into the land of milk and honey, several situations where God said, go into this place, this city, and kill everybody. That's hard, isn't it? What, why? What was he doing? 
He was protecting the bloodline. We see that these uh, sons of God are also present in Job chapter 1 and verse 6. Remember that? There came a day when the sons of God came before, came before the Lord and Satan was with them. And God questioned Satan, what have you been doing? He told him. And he allowed him to uh, bring all these calamities on Job. Again, Satan is attempting to infiltrate the bloodline. Now we are spiritually in Abraham, aren't we? We are. Let me tell you, there's a spiritual bloodline too. And God is protecting it. He has each of his children exactly where he wants them to be. He's in control. When we rely on Him, realize that He has a plan for us. This is one little portion of His Word that we looked into and saw that man is a sinner. That when Adam and Eve sinned, it came upon all of us. All of us. We see that it's Appointed, it is sent down through the man. We see that it's incurable, that we're hopeless without him. There is no cure for sin except God send his son capable, willing, and able to live a perfect life that you and I we're not capable of. We were not willing to do it. Nor were we able to do it. We were, this sin condition that we were in was incurable completely. But praise God, He did send His Son. Amen. He absolutely did live a perfect life. He absolutely did die on the cross of Calvary. And He absolutely had your sins on Him. And when He rose from the grave on the third day, your sins had been put, in, had been put away as far as east is from the west. You see, His Word is true. And it's for you. And it's for me. It's applicable to us and in our daily lives. Oh, that we would look into the Word and see God in control. God with a plan that He's not going to allow to be thwarted. His plan for you will come true. Every bit of it. He has you here this morning that you would hear in His Word, His perfect plan for salvation. And it is perfect. If you know Him this morning, won't you praise Him that He saved you and that He was in control of the timing? Everything about your salvation, God was in control of.
Did you decide to follow him? Yes. You did. Did Lazarus decide to get up and try to walk in those grave clothes when the Lord called him? He did. But not while he was dead. Not while he was separated. He got up in obedience to God after God had raised him, brought him back to life. Did he still have sin? He still had grave clothes wrapped around him. And that's what they're uh, indicative of. That's, that's what it means. Wrapped in grave clothes. Death. What are the wages of sin? Death. Separation from God, you see. What a Savior. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and he walked with God. Eight souls out of what I believe were probably millions of people, not a few hundred like sometimes we think when we read through Genesis kind of quickly. I believe there were a lot of people that died in the flood. I believe they died in their unbelief. I don't believe they were beaten on the side of the ark asking to come in. I believe they died in their unbelief. Won't you trust in the Lord Jesus this morning? Won't you put all your faith in Him? And when you do, you'll turn around and go, Wow, thank you, Lord. If I didn't trust you like that a while ago, now I do. What a Savior that provides all that we need. We are going to uh, be studying about the days of Noah. And of course, the ark, Lord willing. We'll stay with it a few times anyway. And we praise Him for His presence here with this morning, with us this morning. Our prayer is that something has been said and something has been heard that would bring honor and glory to Him. We'd raise Him up, lift Him up. He deserves all the praise and all the glory. He is the creator of all things and the sustainer of all life. Remember that. Where do we stand when we build our life? We stand on the rock, don't we? Not on the sand of human ability or human works or pride, but on the rock of Jesus Christ and what He's done for us. Oh, and our lives are eternal because He has purchased them with His very own blood. We have a great Savior, don't we?